0: Welcome to Nerd Talk, the podcast that talks about everything nerdy. I'm your host, Jordan Halstead, and each week, me and my friends will be discussing some of our favorite topics. We're talking superheroes, Star Wars, Pokemon, Harry Potter, and that's just to name a few. You don't want to miss out on this because this is Nerd Talk. Hey guys, welcome back to Nerd Talk. We are feeling 22 like Taylor Swift here in this place. Super, super excited about it. Uh, This week I've got Micah and Will joining back up with me. We're going to be talking about the Suicide Squad. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Of course, man. Uh, But now we have some bad blood. I mean, not only are we dealing with the Suicide Squad, but a T-Swift fan.
0: Absolutely. I loved it. That was great. So, you know, we've Just got out of more of a pandemic trying to figure out, well, we're still in it, but just trying to figure out how do we navigate movies through uh, a pandemic? Do we release them on streaming? Do we go in the theaters? Do we do a little bit of hybrid both? And so Suicide Squad went through HBO Max, um, and so that's at least where I saw it. So where did you guys end up seeing the movie at? I
2: watched it on HBO Max. I saw it in theaters twice, baby, in IMAX. Nice. Twice on HBO Max in
1: my living room and on my iPad. Ooh.
0: We, to our <laughs> listeners. Although I gotta ask, Jordan. Did, oh, go ahead.
1: Jordan, did you watch it out in the sun? Uh, did you watch it out in the sun like you did Black? No, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't ruin
0: myself with the glare this time. And. And this, okay. So we moved to Oklahoma at the beginning of August, uh, and so it came out the weekend that we moved out here. And so that first night, I actually like, cause my kid goes to bed at like eight thirty at the latest, um, and so he laid down, and I just grabbed my iPad, and I just was like, I'm watching Suicide Squad. I really, really want to watch it. Um, so no, I didn't. I didn't uh, ruin myself this time, uh, like I did uh, with Black Widow. So. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into this bad boy. Um, you know, we've been kind of talking beforehand and, and trying to get through all this, and I know you guys got to talk a little bit without me. Um, so who is your favorite Suicide Squad character and why, whether they survived the movie or not?
1: Get it, Will. I will take it from here. Uh, with Captain America sort of allegory characters over here, obviously Peacemaker. uh Uh, Everyone's like, obviously, Will, what are you talking about? I mean, come on, like, if we were doing a Rob Liefeld almost, like, blinded by trying to get peace, John Cena would be that Captain America over there. He was hilarious. I mean, he's brought some of that comedic timing from Trainwreck and just some of the roles he's taken. He's also can do a little serious and a little bit of the action over there. I mean, he already tore up screens in the Fast Saga, Fast 9, and now he's bringing it again with his new found family in the suicide squad. Uh, I mean, I am, I'm just kind of excited to see where we go with this character come, uh, January with a peacemaker show spoilers. Uh, there's a peacemaker show coming in. There's a post credit scene where he may or may not be getting stitched up and survived whatever happened, but peacemaker hands down. And I guess I've given honorable mention for this, uh, mulligan of Rick flag. Uh, he, he was a little bit of fun, but I don't want to take all the characters, guys. You take it from there.
2: I was gonna say the weasel, but that'd been that'd have been too funny. <laughs> fan <laughs> favorite right um, there. Yeah, when he's licking the cage. <sighs> ah, that was great. Um, no. Can you I, relate? I, what was it? Can you, you relate? Can you relate
0: to licking a window <laughs> like the weasel? Yes, <sighs>
2: Unfortunately, um, I I probably would go with um, the Idris Elba. Like I just I, I really liked seeing him in a different role other than, yeah, Bloodsport, other than um you know, what he did in the Marvel you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe with um was it was it uh,
0: He was oh, Heimdall Heimdall,
2: Heimdall. Yes, Heimdall. I wanted to say Heimdall, I can't ever say it right. But yeah, I wanted to, I thought he did a great job, um, and as we continue to like dive into more movies and more sideshows and, you know, some of these characters as they you know, play crossover characters and to, you know, diving into the opposite side of the, the comic con universe i thought that he did a great job i thought that his story was really good and it showed that he had a uh, i guess a more sensitive side even though he was he was a criminal in this movie um but like did you guys see was it was it uh wasn't he in Hobbs and shaw too yeah oh well? uh, yeah yeah he was yes, the villain was in Hobbs and, and shaw i just think he's i think he's a great actor we're just and gonna so... keep bringing
1: it back to fast and furious guys
2: <laughs> yes, I guess, yeah. yeah. I think, so, yeah, I would probably see, you know, Bloodsport.
0: That's that's a good pick. Um, you know, I loved Nathan Fillion being uh, the detachment, or is is it the detachment kid? Is that his name? Detachable kid. The detachable kid. Um, I yeah. loved seeing that on screen. I was like, that is gross, but it is fantastic. And then when they started shooting his arms, and he's like, ah, 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 like he was feeling it like i i don't know i i feel like nathan fillion to me is one of my favorite actors i love him in uh firefly and then he was in the rookie um and he's done a lot of voice acting for uh green lantern in a lot of different aspects and i'm like i just wish they wouldn't have used him in that role so that way they could have done like an older uh hal jordan with him, like do more of a parallax style hal jordan i was like that would have been really cool because he's getting up there in his age he's a little over 40 um and trying to 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 fit him in where how do you fit him in as a green lantern like they're all young guys it's like you could have done him as an older uh experienced hal jordan i was like that would have been cool but i loved him right there i also loved and we're going to get into these two characters a little bit later but uh nanawe which is king shark um which is why i've, I've lovingly named this episode hand yes that is your hand um <clears throat> I, lo- I love i love Love him, and then I love how they wrote Harley Quinn in this movie, um, from someone who literally does,
2: what I put in my notes.
0: Yeah, the, like not even kidding. Like she just, she's had a rough run. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I love Harley, and I'm like, Harley Quinn is not a character you want to be like. Like she has. Yeah. Uh, go ahead.
2: What I was no, what I was going to say though, and like we haven't dived into this yet, but I think that unlike Marvel, I think that only story that's really been told in the dc universe that has like continued throughout the majority of the movies is harley quince
0: yeah she like, is like the one mainstay
2: she was in this suicide squad she you know was in the original suicide squad um i just think that they've done an outstanding job with her character development and like other than i was i was thinking about it yesterday jordan when you sent us this stuff but like who else in the dc universe thus far has you know maybe superman and maybe wonder woman but other than that like everybody else has been a one off
0: yeah well i would i would say batman um we've seen yeah. batman a few times but but other than that like not really like outside of the trinity you haven't seen a whole lot and and dc movies i think dc movies in a whole have really struggled to get off the ground but when you look at harley like this one movie she like brought the comedy and i love that aspect cuz like she's like if you cough without covering your mouth, we will kill you. And then Rick Flagg's like, "No, we won't." But that's not an invitation to do that. Like, like they played into those jokes, and I was like, "I think that's just one of those really cool moments that you can see." Yes, there's comedy in this, but it's not so much so that uh, it overtakes the overarching story. It doesn't. She was not like in the original Suicide Squad. I feel like they pushed her too far in certain aspects, and they really tried to get as much in as they could and then by the time that they got to the Harley Quinn and the Emancipation, like the Birds of Prey movie, um, uh, just, or yeah, the Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of One Fabulous Harley Quinn, whatever her movie was, like, they did one some really... One
1: Fantabulous Harley Quinn. Oh, Jordan, yeah. I was going to have to come over there yeah. and get you, man. I'm so, kidding, kidding.
0: so with with that, I mean, I think she had some amazing points and they, they really did well with starting to dive into her character, but they went one step further um, at the end of this, and then if you kind of realize like how do you get back on the suicide squad after the first one like is this a is this technically a sequel is it not is it a retcon and they make references back and forth a a few times and and uh captain boomerang says something like how did you get back here and she's like yeah i got caught like out out and about and it it was right after uh her movie with the with the birds of prey and i was like okay that's really cool like she got caught she got thrown back on the squad and and so that that was cool. So that way she can still do her solo outings, but then still be a, a member of the squad, which I thought was really really cool. Me,
1: I was gonna say if you would have told me back in 2016 that we would still be continuing that story and not the whole Justice League thing as a whole, I would have told you, you were crazy. But yeah. here we are. Here we are. It's it, and they're doing a good job. I mean, just to add, I, I love her comedy and, and all that. Like even with. Uh, spoilers javelin's death uh like where she's like smacking his like dead corpse going like do do what with the javelin like what do i need to use this for and then even even though it's like tragic uh well not really tragic cuz she got rid of a bad guy but just seeing uh, she's grown from her abuse from the joker when she met with this new dictator and just like shot him point blank going like hey uh i'm noticing the red flags and uh i had to get rid of you and oh, her fight scene uh yeah. in in, in the mid like just seeing how she sees it like it's like a like a like almost like a disney cartoon in her mind Ah, uh, but she, margot robbie i hope w- when the Flashpoint does happen when flash eventually comes out i hope that's one thing we retain and keep and i i, I imagine they are i mean it's been wrecking in money for them and yeah i mean margot robbie apparently i mean loves the character and has helped produce some of that stuff so yes that's awesome or margot robbie as harley quinn
0: I think one of the other really cool things is like her battle sequences all stand out by themselves. Like when she walked into like the Birds of Prey one and I loved I loved when she walked into the uh, into the uh, the GCPD and like she's walking through with, like the sandbags and the confetti cannons. And like I was like I remember that one and then like this one with her fight scene against all the guards and things like like she she just did everything really well. Um, and I like the way that they've handled her character. Like she's a person who's gonna carry this series. She's gonna be a part of the Suicide Squad for, I mean, probably the rest of the the Suicide Squad's history. Um, from here forward, it's there. There's no movie that won't have her in there. And even in the comics, they've kind of made her a mainstay, um, which I think is really really cool. So who do you think was the best of the cast? So like actor to their person. Who do you think was the best cast? And and we're gonna nix Uh, Margot Robbie, and Idris Elba from their spots, just because those two have already been talked about. King Shark. Hey. All right. For those of us who don't know who played King Shark, let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend himself. Go ahead.
1: Rocky Balboa. Ron Funches, dude. (laughs) Rambo. Rambo.
0: We've got Sylvester Stallone, the Italian Stallion. We have...
2: The only reason I said that is because, like, he's, like, the equivalent of Groot, right? Like, I mean... He
0: pretty much is, yeah.
2: Right? Like, Vin Diesel over there voicing over, you know, Groot. And, Mm. you know, he said, I am Groot a billion different times and got paid a lot of money for that. And so...
0: And I feel like he probably got mostly paid for hand. Like, he just, like, that's going to be the most iconic part about this whole movie. Like, just King Shark and the way he handled things. And... Okay, so I saw this this uh, meme today, and it was Spider Man, uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, secret of them or the the whole Marvel talking about trying to keep that secret. And it's this big kid right behind like a stop sign, like the pole. And I'm like, it kind of made me think of King Shark, because like as he's sneaking around, he's just like like tiptoes, and it looked like a Tom and Jerry kind of cartoon, just sneaking around. And then he's like, oh. And just, like, eats the guys, which I thought was really, really funny. So, but yeah. Better Nom Nom. Yeah, Nom Nom. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that real quick. Like, that just was a straight-up rip-off from the Hulk and Hulk smash. He's like, no way, Nom Nom. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So, who else, uh, Micah, do you think were, were good picks for uh, for some of the, the cast?
2: Who did you say it was off limits?
0: Just I just Elba and, and Margot Robbie.
2: I mean, John Cena, clearly. I know that we'll talk a little bit about it. Um, I really liked him. Um, what else? Gosh. What about you? I can't think of somebody. At the, I mean, there were so many different, like, candid moments, like, early on when, like, they sent the bogus Suicide Squad out to, you know, Take See, on the mission the, where they all get killed. Yeah. So. Right okay.
0: Game. So uh, one thing I love about James Gunn is his brother, uh, who played. Oh, I forget. In Gilmore Girls. Kirk. Yeah. He he ended up playing Weasel. He did he yeah. did the the thing for Weasel.
2: He also made another cameo in the prison.
0: Like yeah, Kirk. Yeah. He he did something or like not that.
2: Kirk, but it's like himself.
0: Yeah. He he did two different ones, because um, he was the body double there. Um, I also really, really, like I said earlier, Nathan Fillion, I thought that was a great pick of an actor to, to, to go. And even just like as a one-off, hey, we're going to waste all these actors just so that they were all in a DC movie. Um, the Okay, so I can't put my name or put his name uh on him, but it was the guy who played Javelin. He was in Pitch Perfect 2 or 3, something like that. And I thought... Lula Borg. Yeah. He I guess yeah. he's some famous German actor and I loved when he he came in and and did that uh the whole scene with that. I was like he he kind of like tried to hit on Harley and then very quickly was killed off. So, I just I thought that was really really good. The
2: girl with the mouse? I really liked her too.
0: Oh, uh Ratcatcher 2? Yes. I think she was I don't know who she is as an actress, but I think that she was cast very well. Um, I'm starting to lean into the actress who plays. Uh, is it Viola Davis who plays uh, Amanda Waller? Is that her name?
2: I'm I'm pulling it up like as we speak. Uh, yeah, Brad I think Catcher Two was Daniela Melquire Melchior. Okay, butching her name. Sorry. Uh, and then who was the other one?
0: Uh, it should be Amanda Waller. With uh, I think her name's Viola Davis. I think that's who played her. But anyways, I, you know, I liked her in the first Suicide Squad, like, as, like, this villain, like, of the villains, and then, like, not a hero, but just, like, a a, a bigger villain, and then you move into this one, and I was like, I really like her. Like, she, she kind of bullies her way, and, like, she has that, that room of co-ops, or her, her ops room, um, and all of her co-workers are in there, and, and. Like when they whacked her over the head, I was like, "That was really good. I liked. I like Viola Davis playing that character. It's it's someone I like to hate, um, which is not always. Some like Thanos is not someone I like to hate. It was like someone I hate that I like, um, and so that's that's where I'm at. What about you, Will? Who is someone that you like uh, for casting? All right,
1: so Idris Elba and Harley Quinn. Oh wait, those were those were nixed. My bad. My bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to just keep going on the John Cena train, uh, though he is iconic. Uh, I I feel like if I'm gonna say her, I need to get her name right. But Ratcatcher 2 brought a lot of heart to this movie. Let me get her name real quick. Unless you already know it off the top of your head, just uh, d- Daniela be- Melchior. Mel- Mel- yes. Mel- yep. Uh, d- th- thank God for Google. <laughs> um, we'll use an IMDb in the background. Uh, behind the scenes, a little inside baseball but i think she brought a lot of heart to it i mean like and she Jean's brought a lot of Idris Elba. that too she brought out a lot of i just Elba. i mean i have
0: they played really well done, off each other
1: I, yeah a little an almost like pseudo father daughter thing another found family to continue the fast and furious parallels but i mean he saw his daughter in her and she saw Taika Waititi in him. Also, Taika Waititi was very underrated in that. That was a really fun cameo even though I didn't like seeing him hit the way he went out uh, in, the, in his flashback. Uh, but I just... I think we're gonna be seeing a lot of her, and, and with such a, like a no-be like seedless character, Ratcatcher too. she was just so fun. And even like when she had to do like the hard stuff, like getting Peter Capaldi thinker. Ooh, that's another good one. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't say he kn- nailed it out of the park because that's not like the weird thinker we had in the Flash, because uh, there's so many interpretations of that. But I thought he brought a lot to it. But I, I just I just saw Doctor Who there again. I can't I couldn't separate the two. But yeah, she she did a pretty good job, and I think we're gonna be seeing her go into places after doing this movie.
0: I'll be honest. I think one of the biggest mistakes that they had is when they when they start to bring in characters. Like I would have loved to see David Tennant, Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi, like get all of the former Doctor Who's to all be in like one scene, and the, all of them be like, "Wait, have we all met?" And then like maybe like a bomb explodes or something like that, and they like, I, I just think like that would be hysterical to uh to those kinds of moments if you if they would have brought all of them in.
1: I have found a, f- a little fun fact for you. Uh, most of the doctors, I don't know about all of them, but most of these modern era doctors have all been villains in like big properties recently. Christopher Eccleston was Malekith in Thor, the dark world, and also Destro in rise of Cobra. David Tennant was a uh, purple man. And, it- Jessica Jones, obviously, but he was also uh, Barty Crouch Jr. And Matt Smith, uh, spoilers for Terminator Genesis, that movie that everybody loves, and we have seven movies now because of it, uh, was the new form of Skynet uh, in the future because he's barely in the promotional art, and it was like the big spoiler they were trying to hide. But uh, And Peter Capaldi's just always a, a mean guy <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. And he's always cursing and being a butt. I, I don't have a role off the top of my head, but uh, but here he is now as the thinker. So
0: Absolutely. It just... It's really cool to see like when certain shows just skyrocket careers. I mean, you look at show or uh, like Freaks and Geeks. You had uh, David Franco, you had uh, Seth Rogen, and uh, why am I blanking on who played Marshall Erickson in How I Met Your Mother? Jason Siegel. Yep, all three of them were in this show together, and so it's like, man, that is just. It's so cool to see some of these guys. And then uh, uh, who played uh, Velma in the Scooby-Doo's and Hawkeye's wife? She was in that show too.
1: The Cardellini. Yes.
0: Um, so all of all of them, like when certain things just skyrocket careers and, and whatnot and get them out into the, the general public, I think those are sweet. All right, so we're going to move over from some of those villains to how did we like Starro as a villain, as the villain for this what what were you guys' thoughts about that?
1: Well, I personally thought it was hilarious that we're getting the Justice League's first villain here in a Suicide Squad movie in 2021 cuz that's someone like you don't think we're going to see like I think we I mean we were speculating about Spider-Man the other day going like who we aren't and aren't going to see and stuff and just Marvel in general and like no one's going to take that risk and then DC here knocks it out of the park with Starro, but it, it, it kind of plays the James Gunn strengths. Like when he used to do the Troma films, like this version of Starro is kind of a bit grosser and grotesque and a big giant Kaiju. I, I mean, I absolutely loved it. I was just glad like we were being a little bit silly. I am just a little bit hurt that they didn't, that there wasn't a post credit scene with Ben Affleck or Robert Pattinson getting a little tiny Starro and getting a pet and getting his own little jarro going, but I'll live, I'll live. I'm a comic book nerd. I just got to, I got to deal with it, but yeah, I think it was very well executed and played to James Gunn's strengths. Absolutely. I thought it was an interesting concept.
2: Um, I guess contrary to what Will was saying, I think I want more with with, with this. And what I mean by that is, like, um, before the DC universe really took shape, I think, like, a great example of this is, is the Dark Knight, right? Like, so the Joker was terrorizing Gotham City throughout the entire movie and it all culminated in the end when, you know, Batman finally caught up to him. I feel like um, we learned in the Suicide Squad that Star was going to be the villain and then at the end, boom, it was the villain and it was done, right? So there wasn't like this big, long build throughout the movie. We kind of knew what was going to happen, right? But like at the same time, they're just you know what, does that make sense? Like there wasn't this huge build moment it was just okay here we are and this is what it is
0: yeah i think i agree with you there i think what should have happened was we should have seen starro maybe get away and maybe instead of like them killing starro maybe like chasing him off and maybe he takes all of the mini starros uh with him or maybe they die because they're not close enough to him or something of that nature um it's way... definitely
2: an interesting concept, though. Like, I mean, once it happened, it came into fruition, and like all these little stars were like a zombie apocalypse taking over the, the whole area. But like, I think, I don't know, if there was hints dropped in throughout the movie, if the stars started out like as a little, you know, itty bitty thing and grew, up, you know, throughout the whole thing, and then like boom, like we had this big, you know, build. I guess I keep saying the word build, but I just feel like in any storytelling, it's better when you build to a big. Moment versus well, all at once,
0: yeah. I think it's really hard when and Warner Brothers forgive me for saying this when you don't have your act together, when you don't, when you're not building a universe in the proper way. Like Marvel, Marvel took three phases, it took a culmination of 22 films well, about 20 to 22 films to fully recognize Thanos and And have him come in and exactly what he was trying to do. And, like, you go in and you're trying to figure out, you know, is this, like, I don't know. I feel Starro is a character that could have easily been used uh, for a Justice League movie. I think yeah. you could have easily done some of that kind of stuff with the Zack Snyder universe, which I'm really excited that I, I'm hearing some rumors that it's going to, uh, I heard that, um, I forget who it is, but HBO Max and someone else is, is fighting over the verse right now, and I guess they're going to push for it to move forward. Um. And so that's that's the rumor that I've been hearing. But if that happens, like this would have been a really cool way to do it. And it's like nothing feels connected at this point. And when you don't have a vision and it's not clear, like having
2: and to to what Will was saying with the post credit scene, like have they done? I don't know that they've done any of those like right in any of the movies.
0: Uh...
1: It's been been hit and miss. It's been hit and miss. Uh, I know Suicide Squad has one uh shazam sets up mr mind aquaman has some i birds of prey doesn't it, it's it's like again it's been hit
0: it's and just miss. hit and miss it's not like
2: the traditional like how marvel does it with like one right at the end I, and then like they roll the credits and then there's another one
0: they I, they yeah done it's, anything
2: yeah. close to that i mean like nothing really setting up the next movie i guess is what i'm saying
0: yeah there's there's like,
2: I, I mean, what jordan's saying with the connectedness of all the movies together
0: I think what the problem that comes really down to this is you need to have one person set up, Hey, here's where we're starting. This is what we've got so far. And then just write out, where do we want to see the movies go? What actors can we get involved? Who are we going to go with? Cause I think that that's what Marvel's done is I think they've sat down and said, what characters can we bring in? Like, I'll be honest. I've never heard of Shang-Chi until this, like until he got, uh, boosted into, into the, to pop culture. Um, with his movie that comes out in a, uh next weekend. Um and so I'm like I've never heard of him. Um I've never heard of the Eternals. I've never seen some of these different characters uh and it's it's going to be really cool. Just
1: a couple of years ago Guardians of the Galaxy, no one had heard of them either.
0: Exactly. Well, by the way,
1: I- little side sidebar, my dad was here a couple
2: of weeks ago and we rewatched he had never seen Shazam and I and it was only the second or third time that I've watched it and I believe that we need to do a podcast on Shazam. But like Oh yes. That's I think that's one of the most underrated DC movies there are. Period. I'm going to go I, one step
0: further. I'm going to say it's one of the most underrated superhero movies ever. I think that I that mean,
2: like, if we're talking DC and Marvel, I think it's probably up there with with DC as far as far as one of the better ones that they put out. Oh, absolutely! I but I, the ads I would now for... I would
0: say though that even Shazam, not just being one of the better DC movies, I think it competes with some of the better Marvel movies. Not not that it is the contender, but just saying that it it, it keeps up with some of the the better Marvel movies that aren't team movies, like a solo outing. It, it keeps up pretty well.
2: And it's underrated. Everybody, nobody really like. I asked somebody the other day if they had seen it, and they said no. And I'm like, "You've got to watch it. You'll love it."
0: Yeah, absolutely. it was the
2: superior Captain Marvel movie that came out that year. Yes,
0: one hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> so, so we like.
2: Hating on Brie Larson right now. We're we're talking about DC. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
0: we'll we'll have a whole podcast where we we hate on Brie Larson later. Uh so so we like. I don't know if I'm
1: going to hate on her, but
0: <laughs> I will. I'll gladly do it for the both of us.
2: Uh, oh, that's one of our favorite uh, movies.
0: Get that out of here. Get that nonsense out of here.
2: Part uh, of the reason is nostalgia because of the '90s. Growing up in the '90s, that's probably one of the biggest reasons.
0: Listen, I'll give you another movie with blockbuster, and then we'll make it a better movie, though.
2: Does <laughs> it have goose?
0: That's fair. I'll, I'll put. I'll get. I'll give you. How <laughs> about? How about we give you Top Gun back? Top okay. Gun. So Top
2: Gun into a comic <laughs> <laughs> podcast.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. So, so we're, we kind of talked about, you know, which is the better uh, movie and things like that. And talking about this one, where would you talk or where would you point this movie to be in the DC lineup? I mean, we don't have a whole lot of movies, but where would you put that? Uh, where would you start to put uh, that versus the normal Suicide Squad? What's your thoughts? Um,.
2: I didn't like the first Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> I just did not like it at all. I just thought it was kind of like Rust. I didn't like uh, Jared Leto as the Joker. I just I thought it was all over the place. Um, I did not like Will Smith casted <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> I There was just a lot of things. And this was early on, right? I think what is, the first one came out in 2016.
0: 2016.
2: Yeah, it was just early on in DC's attempt to make movies, and I just wasn't. I wasn't sold. Um, You know, I liked Man of Steel and I liked Batman versus Superman to a degree. Um, But, like, as far as uh, the old one versus the new one, like, I feel like I think I told Alicia, my wife, that, you know, I think that they should have let, they should just let James Gunn and Zack Snyder do all the DC movies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and they would just be way better. They'd be way better off. Or at least be like the executive producer or whatever, right? So that they're making the right decisions with these movies.
0: Well, I would I would go one step further and just say yes. let them have their way. Like don't yes. let, don't don't put your hands in it. Don't muddy it up. Just let the let the guys do it. Because Zack Snyder's done a phenomenal job. Like for me, I would say Batman versus Superman, the ultimate cut where it was more his stuff. Did awesome and I liked the way the storytelling was it was slower um, because they added like 30 minutes to the movie and it it kind of it slowed it down a little bit and it it really built into what they were going to and then by the time you get to the Snyder Cut of the Justice League it flowed better into that movie um, versus I
2: I guess I'll say like (laughs) one of the only reasons that I watched the new Suicide Squad movie was because I knew that James Gunn directed it and I, you know, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. So, like, that was one of the main reasons that I actually tuned in watched, you know, tuned in to watch this movie. And, um, and it blew you out of the and... water,
0: didn't it? What? It blew you out of the water, didn't it? I mean, I liked it. But, again, I just feel like DC,
2: we've had this conversation in another podcast, but I feel like that DC just goes so far opposite of what Marvel does. As far as, like, violence, as far as, like, profanity, as far as, like, oh, we're going to be rated R because we can be versus Marvel because, hey, Disney owns you and we're just going to rub that in your face. And it's kind of what it feels like.
0: I would agree with that. I think one of the biggest issues that I face is the fact that, like, they walked right into one of the rooms and there's a whole thing of nudity. And I'm just like, why... why, You don't need it. Yeah, like, it didn't progress the story. The bar scene alone was enough. Like... We understand you're getting drinks, but you don't have to have it be some type of nudity bar or or women dancing like that. That that doesn't further a story. Um, Yeah, How many times
2: in like the MCU did they you know, they were in a bar or they were in a restaurant and they didn't have any of that. It was just them in a restaurant eating a meal or having a drink. And
0: exactly. And I think that when you look at some of that you're not saving your movie you're damaging because how many parents are going to take their kids like i'm not going to take oliver to go see that um i was actually talking with my senior pastor uh here at chartel and and he he pulled me aside he said i know you you plan to take students to go see uh see movies and whatnot um and the superhero movies and i was like yeah and he was like just not suicide squad and i was like absolutely not like i will not take them to that i will not take them to dc movies like i know kind of where limits are like that's he's no dc movies (laughs) i was like dc has they've got a track record um Should always
1: just always screen them in advance anyway like at least pg-13s but this one obviously not no
0: so so my (laughs) shazam
2: speaking of shazam was the only pg-13 movie that in like the last you know five or six films that have come out
0: uh, like uh, was rated R. Was the first uh, Suicide Squad rated R? Because I thought it was PG thirteen.
2: You're right. You're right. It's PG thirteen. I'm talking so, about more recent ones though. Like Harley Quinn was rated R. The Joker was rated R. Uh, that's the fair. Suicide Squad was rated R.
0: That's fair. But yeah, I just I look at some of that and I'm like, we'll figure it out as we go. Um, but but when it comes down to it, like I'm not gonna take my kid to go see like a DC movie necessarily. I mean. Now, when he's older, if he's like 15, 16, 17, and, and I've done enough research to know what's, what's going on or I know who the directors are, um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably take him. But with this one, luckily, and, and I th- I'll be honest, and then we'll talk about this later, I guess, in a different podcast, but I don't, I don't think that uh, theaters are going to stick around. Um, I think that the, the typical theater is going to start to die out. I think it's going to become more kind of like how uh, the, uh, what was it called, uh, the drive-in there's going to be a time it's just going to start to die out. I think, <clears throat> you know, there's people who want to go see it, but because of COVID numbers are, are falling and they're not going to have the sales, uh, the same way that they did. Um, you're going to have bigger movie theaters where they can spread people out and whatnot, but it's not going to be near enough. Uh, and so they're going to have to figure all of that out. And especially with home streaming, I'll be honest, I'd rather build a room and add it to my house, <clears throat> whether it has to go up, down side, wherever, tear out my garage and put put a new room in the garage whatever i got to do and i'd rather have a big screen and a projector and a surround sound and then my own snacks because then i don't have to pay the outrageous prices i think that it's just going to fall apart um especially when you're not pushing out all these great movies and then everybody's like well dc movies and i'm like do you know how many dc movies are coming out on hbo max this next year like they're already talking so many different ones uh i know that uh, Blue Beetle just got cast. They were doing a Red Hood movie. Um, they're doing a, or a, a Black Canary, which is going to feed into a uh, Green Arrow movie, and they're doing all these TV shows and Peacemakers getting something, and they've got all of these different things. And I'm like, we're finally hitting this this stride where DC might actually make Marvel like a competitor on the on the big screen or the small screen. But I don't, I don't. Foresee that happening in movie theaters. I think it's going to be the streaming service where they'll get it. Um, I mean, but I,
2: I, I think I told you when we I, did I do the Black Widow podcast with you. No, I, think I
0: don't so. know that. Uh, I th- Yeah, I think we did. I think it was us but three. I,
2: I love the fact that I could just. In my credit card and Disney, you know, Disney plus, And I could, you know, my wife went and grabbed a pizza and we had dinner and we could pause the movie and get up and go grab a snack or a drink
0: or go to the bathroom or, the or anything like that and yep. not worry about it.
2: And we can watch it as many times as we want. Yep. And it's like, there's such a, a freedom to that versus, you know, I have to pay $30 plus snacks plus gas to get there. And then, you know, if I wanted to see it again, I got to do it all over again.
0: And here, here's one of my favorite things. Um, like I had so where we're at, we're in this small studio apartment kind of thing and, and as I was watching Suicide Squad, I was able to pause my movie, go to the bathroom and not wake my kid up and then throw my headphones back in and I was fine. Like it, it didn't yeah. bother me and I think that we're gonna see that happen. Um, which I'm really it,
2: upset about Shang Chi not like with the whole lawsuit with Scarlett Johansson and everything. Yeah. Like, they're not doing that they're not American gonna do it But
0: I I wonder if that's gonna gonna prove that like, people are not. Like, I, I think it's going to take a dive. I'll be honest. I don't think enough people are going to I don't know that go. I'll go
2: to the theaters and see it.
0: The only reason I'm doing it is because I plan on taking my students. Um, yeah. But, like, I had every intention. Like, I, I actually told uh, some of my students, I said, you know, if they would have done it uh, they, uh, like on Disney Plus, I would have gladly put it on for, for the church and gotten the license or something like that and, and just ran it for that. Um, I
2: think that I would have. Uh... That we're talking about last time we were in theaters before COVID and stuff, I don't think I saw the last movie I saw in the theaters was probably um, Avengers: Endgame. That was probably the last movie that I saw in a the theater. Twenty
0: nineteen. Wow. Yeah, I remember and like the last one that Katie and I saw uh, was uh, the Birds of Prey and the the Harley Quinn movie.
2: It's not totally well. So Endgame. Now we saw Far From Home from home came out after yeah but we did see that so like that was still 2019 i believe
0: yeah still it's still 2019 because marvel didn't put any out in 2020 so will i'm going to go back to the original question because we took a big big side tangent um which did you like more uh suicide squad or the suicide squad uh the james gun the or... suicide squad yeah. no
1: question no question
0: do you wish that I mean... any of the characters from the first one were in the second one
1: I wish Captain Boomerang would have survived at the beginning, if I'm being honest. Jack Courtney is an underrated actor, and I wish we could have ast- – because here's what I think, because uh, I've been distracted. People, people know, because I think you even acknowledged it in the podcast, I work when we're uh, recording these, uh, so I take calls. It's not important to the to, what I, to my pitch here, but I think DC is just, one, they're taking some risks and getting having some – directors do their own vision like todd phillips with joker and now james gunn essentially doing the guardians of the galaxy here with the suicide squad which is what they wanted to do with the david ayer cut and it was an abysmal mess uh i mean i mean we all know the stories now and now the hashtag release the ayer cuts happening now which hey if snyder cut taught us anything we might get what we want but i want uh, more captain boomerang one, so we can just establish the rogues and have them around. But I think DC is banking. I know we keep thinking there's no plan. I think the plan right now is going like, just throw everything at the wall, we'll flashpoint it, and then we'll get our stuff together. Because I think right now with Marvel's Phase Four, I I know the storylines they're attempting and they're doing, but I just don't see where Thunderbolts, Dark or Dark Avengers, Multiverse, um, one more day, I don't see where all that stuff is combining to be one
0: cohesive big story, story
1: to be the new. Cohesive story, thank you. uh And DC has an opportunity now, like while that's happening, because I think some people are burnt out on Marvel. Like I was just talking to my teenage brother; uh he's being anti-Disney right now. I think he'll get out of it in a couple of years, but I think this is the time for DC to strike strike with the iron's hot. I mean, there's talks of a Blue Beetle movie, Batgirl, uh, and with Blue Red Beetle, Booster Gold, hopefully. uh GCPD show, Peacemakers getting his own show, like. They gotta strike while the iron's hot right now, or else they're gonna be left in the dust. Like I was just watching, it's an underrated thing, but like, just do you even do like stuff like Sandman or like they did something uh, back in the day with Chris Evans and Jeffrey Dean Morgan called The Losers. Like, give that give that a shot. I mean, we're doing all these like rogue teams and characters we don't see as much. Like, give me a Plastic Man movie with like uh, who did I pitch forever ago? Uh, ben Schwartz is Plastic Man and. Ha- have him go like on, on an adventures team up with Robert Pattinson or Ben Affleck. I I, I don't know like-, like a
0: Brave and the Bold kind of thing.
1: Yeah, but I think I think too
2: though like in order for that to happen, will like the whole striking while the iron's hot. Like we talked about some overarching stories and things like that. I do agree, and I think Marvel is getting stale, but I think they are from what I've heard and read, and I've talked to some of my other you know nerd friends that have other podcasts that they host. They, they've talked about how Marvel is going to do all these things where they're like one-offs. Eternals is going to be a one-off. The, um, you know, WandaVision, you know, all that stuff. Like, it's just one-off, 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 one-off. Yes, they're going to make another uh, season of Loki um, for, from what we gather. But, like, if DC's going to compete, I feel like they, they're going to have to tell the bigger story. And I,
1: mean, I honestly, I mean, yeah, I want... A bigger story from dc like i want infinite crisis and we we got or or crisis on infinite earths i want that stuff eventually but like i like them taking chances and actually doing some different things with what is provided to them right now yeah Uh, i agree uh like but like like, mm
2: -hmm. no i was gonna say like let's put shazam with uh I don't know, Wonder Woman and, and have them do a movie together, like, or how they run into each other, you know, just how
1: I'm I'm hoping with flashpoint. That's what they're leading. to Okay. Like,
2: that's, (laughs) that's my point. Like maybe, you know, we have these odd pairings. Maybe we have, you know, you know how in Thor Ragnarok, there was Thor and, and the, you know, the Hulk, but like, just give me more than just the Joker. Give me more than just Wonder Woman. Give me more than just Shazam. Like, and that's what it feels like with every one of these DC movies. And it's frustrating as a, as a more of a Marvel fan who's yeah. given every DC movie a chance.
0: I think mm. I think one of the biggest things that I wish DC would just grab hold of is take the same actor and like for Batman and like run a detective comics kind of like a like a thriller like for one movie and then like every other year just throw out a Batman movie and maybe like grab like six, seven movies with that Batman. But like try different things because Batman's got the Dark Knight he's got Brave and the Bold he's got uh, Detective Comics he's got just the typical Batman he's got all these different stories and I'm like you know you could easily like run where like Batman is with a Robin and like or like does his, his thing for like the first two movies and then add a Robin and then like two movies later he becomes Nightwing and then you pick up Jason Todd in that same movie like as he becomes Nightwing you get a Jason Todd and then like you could kill him and do a under or a death of the family, and then and under and the red the hood. That's
2: the story that I'm talking about. Like if they would just do that, like I would just be
0: as happy as could be. And I think I think there. I I did a little research behind this, and I think the reason that that I hate having all these big names is because Robin Williams, and I love Robin Williams, but he specifically said if I do Genie and uh in Aladdin, we're gonna start to see people use the big actors for everything and I don't want to do that but he he loved the, the script so much he was like I'm doing this and so but he specifically stated he's like I just don't want all these big actors to start taking all these roles when there's so many roles that could be out there like just because uh, Chris Evans played a great Captain America doesn't mean that he was the perfect Captain America what if we would have seen uh, Will Allen play Captain America I mean we could have <laughs> well we I, had... I
1: need some acting experience first
0: but <laughs> But in reality, like, there's there's probably a ton of people out there that could play some amazing characters. They've got to write them well. They've got to be able to act the, the, the scripting and things like that. But there's so many things. But now we have all these big names. So they're going to put uh, a contract together and, like, hey, you have so many movies. And then, like, with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, well, your contract's up. We're just going to kill your characters off. And it's like if they weren't big-name actors, you could go in and say, hey, we'd like to just up your contract – and bring you back just to continue to play this character. Like, get someone who's who's not a big name for Batman. Like, like Robert Pattinson's somewhat of a big name because of of Twilight and, and then with Harry Potter, and now he's kind of getting into some NDs and things like that. So, I mean, like, you don't have, like, some massive name like Ben Affleck or George Clooney or, like, one of those guys. Um, but it's it's still cool to see. And I'm, I'm like, just go get some small-name guys and, like, make them big names from these movies. Like, that would be really cool because then you could just, like... Like, Tom Holland. Nobody had heard of Tom Holland prior to Spider-Man. And now, like, Tom Holland made a drunk phone call and saved the deal. And now we have one of the—I'll be honest, I think it's one of the, the biggest uh, movies that I'm looking forward to. And we are way off track because we're supposed to be talking DC, not Marvel. But I think uh, I think that's where it should go. So back to the movie. Did you guys feel that this movie was a step in the right direction for DC?
2: I mean, I said it earlier, and I'm like, I think Will was on a call, but like, if they let James Gunn and Zack Snyder do all these movies, I think the, the DC would just be in a better place. But yes, to answer your question, yes, I think that they, um, it was a good step moving forward, and like I said, if they continue doing a better job of storytelling, which is what they, they seem to be doing in this movie, you know, introducing you know multiple characters, and, which is, actually, you know what, like, Pause for a second. Like it's kind of ironic that the Suicide Squad, which is a bunch of bad guys, a bunch of misfits, right, do a better job of telling a story with them and their relationships versus some of the superheroes in the DC universe. But yeah, isn't that kind of ironic? Um, now that it's I'm thinking sad. about it now that we're talking about and, it.
1: Like I've been saying it since I saw them going like we can we can nail this, but God forbid we can't get a good Superman movie after twenty years. <laughs> I thought Man of Steel was good. Yeah, <laughs> I was, was, gonna was gonna say Man of Steel my solid. It's solid, but if I think it does fall apart with the subsequent material that comes after, I do think it was a solid start. But following up, I'm like, ah. And then now with Superman and Lois also now out, it's like we could have we could have had this. We could have had this. That's
0: fair. I'll give you, I'll but give you that we, much.
2: To answer your question, I think yes. If they let Zack Snyder and James Gunn do these movies moving forward, and like to what Jordan was saying let them do it and not like micromanage what they're going to do and just let them have that creative freedom. I think that they, they they're they are going in the right direction.
1: I think to echo what you're saying, maybe not Zack Snyder and James Gunn, but just when you hire these big name directors, just let them do their thing like if the air cut does come out, I want to know like what we missed out on on with that like I I don't know why you get someone like that or I, I don't know if they got like someone like Guillermo de Toro to do like Justice League Dark. Don't mic manage, manage him and then put a music video company in to direct that movie. If you hired him and paid him this money, give him the respect he earned to get that job. And if there's like a little things that are a little, a little bit too edgy, going like, oh hey hey, we don't want like this incest character. In here. That's not going to be for mainstream audiences. Or oh no, like we want this to be a PG thirteen. Like keep it within those lines. But like nothing like like don't hold we the can noose. smell the desperation yeah don't don't hold yeah, the it,
0: noose like you're we're not here yeah. you know you don't want to go in and say okay well you're going to create this great vision but we're only going to use like two percent um you don't you don't want something like that uh i think this was Absolutely a not. i think this is a step in the right direction i think having the obscure characters helps me as an audience member and a dc fan alone um with characters I'd never heard of, um, like Javelin, I was really excited when I saw that Javelin was going to be in there. I was like, I don't know who this guy is. I'm going to like spend a whole movie getting to know him, and that didn't happen. So <laughs> uh,
1: he was on uh, he was on Conan O'Brien's podcast, and he was like hyping up, going, "Oh yes, I got all jacked and all this. It's going to be great. It's going to be a good time." And then he gets killed off immediately. I'm like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> a him Hitman Boomerang. Like out of that first group and the two that survived that initial thing i'm like those are the, like the only other two i wanted to see but i mean javelin got to live on in a way uh, yeah through harley
0: yeah no that's oh
1: we didn't we
2: didn't really uh jordan you didn't ask us this question i don't think but like we didn't get to talk about like what our favorite part of the movie was yeah and for me i feel like i have to say this but like i love the little uh chest pumping uh competition between Bloodsport and uh, peacemaker mm-hmm. when they're going through the village and they're killing everybody and then at the end they realize that the people that they're looking for, yeah, and the looks on all other faces—that's my favorite movie, or it's the favorite part of the movie. That and what's the the kid's name with the where he throws the discs off of him, the little colorful discs? Uh, Polka, Polka Dot, Dot Man. Man. Yeah, Polka Dot Man. When they're walking through the woods, I, I watched this again yesterday before we recorded this, and when they're like, if John Cena's like, if that's if that's gonna kill us, we need to know, <laughs> and he was like, it's not gonna kill you.
0: And yeah, I just I love like I, I loved when he went over and was like, and like it, you just yeah. see colors and they're like, What is that? And he's like, Well, I've got a, a virus or like I've got I've got something that I if I don't expel it from my body, it'll kill me.
1: Well, I think Micah took like the best scene, arguably, but I think my other favorite two scenes are funny jokes with uh King Shark saying he's gonna do the joke, uh, the 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 mustache his disguise and then drops in a huge F-bomb because I, I don't think I've ever heard Sly cuss. I mean, I haven't watched the Rambo movies or it's been a while since I've watched the Expendables, but (laughs) I don't think he's just like said a full on F-bomb that perfectly. Uh, And if it was a PG-13, that would have been an elegant way just to use like their only F-bomb. And then the part when they're walking through the, Beach after they first land there, and uh, it, it was in the trailers. The if this island was full of wieners and it was the only way to get peace, I would eat them all or whatever. Is that is that appropriate? Is that, that oh that my just, like, gosh, yeah, censor- that,
0: that was hysterical when he because there, I, I
1: don't know how madmen work,
0: yeah. I
2: when Harley Quinn escaped uh, after she killed the guy, the dictator, the dictator yeah, or whatever his name was, I forget what yeah. his name was, yeah, um, like when she's escaping and uh, she just goes on a rampage and kills everybody on our, you know, on our way out of that castle. Uh, that was a really good part too.
0: Yeah. I just, I think that this was a, a, a definitely the right step and they used the characters very well as they, as they did that. So my last question for you guys tonight, as we wrap up is what do you want to see from the DC films moving forward? Do you want to see more films like uh, from James Gunn where you put, bo- Basically, like botch a bunch of like no name characters so we never get to use them again, or do you want to see like Superman show up to help fight and then like him get slapped down and then the suicide squad has to win, or like what, what kind of things do well, you guys want to see? Funny,
1: funny you say that. Uh, sorry, I'm just I'm gonna take it, the mic from you right there, Jordan. Uh, that wasn't an initial plan James Gunn had where they would have to take down the Justice League or Superman, uh, which, which is also the plot of a new video game coming out where the just is. Lee, or the Suicide Squad has to take down evil counterparts or at least mind controlled versions of the Justice League so that we'll, we'll kind of get that wish fulfilled uh, in a way but not in a movie but I think I would like to see another uh, I mean the Suicide Squad it would be cool to just get all these re- re- rotating characters and just keep world building over here and we are going to get some more world building and peacemaker but yeah uh, I'm down for it or just, I would even like to see like a Suicide Squad three where Deadshot and Bloodsport like have have like a face off and like they even joke about like being too similar because that, that I didn't get to mention it earlier but I think it just Elba fills that role of being the leader and also having like being the, kind of like a deadbeat dad and trying to get redemption for that uh, but I think he does it better uh, I think Will Smith was there for a paycheck and just being like oh superheroes are man I'm, I got this uh, but I, I, more of this and more creative control to the directors because Obviously, it's working a little bit after Snyder cut Aquaman, Shazam, and I'll I'll zip it from there. What
2: was the?
0: What would you like to see moving forward from DC as a Marvel connoisseur over there?
2: I mean, I would just say keep it up. with You know what they're doing, like because you know, I wasn't you know, like. Go go Marvel. Go Marvel. I will give every DC movie a chance. And I will say that, like, I've watched. You know, I've watched every DC movie that has come out. um, And they continue to get better. But, like, for me, it was like they just didn't blow me out of the water like Iron Man did in 2007. Or 2008. Or whenever. Yeah, 2008.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I think. I just don't think that they've got it all figured out yet but as will said i'm hoping they've had a
2: long time to do it
0: yeah i mean there's been 20 plus marvel movies to try and keep up with and they had time to figure it all out so um that
2: and i i think that they just they they go so opposite of what marvel was and it's okay for them to do that but it but in order for that to to you know Like you were talking about, like if I had a kid, I would not take him to go see that movie. You know what I mean? Or like birds of prey when they're like slitting people's throats in a, a, you know, in a warehouse or, you know, even the Joker, like uh, my, you know, six year old kids, not going to understand what's going on with the Joker. Like it's just, it's so dark and it's so opposite of what Marvel is doing. I just, I'll just say that. Like, I just hope that they keep moving in the direction that they're going. Like, I loved Aquaman. I love Shazam. Can't talk enough about Shazam. Um, Harley Quinn was good. Um, you know, even the Suicide Squad. Like, I think they were all like they're they're going in the right direction if they keep doing that, regardless of who they get to play characters. But like, if to what Will was saying, like they have good directors, decent control over the scripts and and the way that they want to portray the movie. I think that they're off to a good start.
0: Yeah. Like I will said earlier, I think that once we hit Flashpoint, I think we'll be able to to see kind of a, a bigger picture, a broader picture, and and maybe we'll see some some new characters. That's the other thing I really want to see more Flash, Cyborg. I I, I hate yes. the fact that they're not like these are Justice Leaguers. These are this is the big leagues, and we're not seeing them. And that's that's what I, I struggle with is like they're not even showing up as like like newsreels in the back or something like that. Like they have nothing and it's like
2: like aside from what justice league that's been it
0: yeah uh they they had quick nods in batman versus superman but other than that justice league is the only time we've seen some of those characters
2: when you've seen harley quinn how many times and wonder woman how many times
0: and then superman and batman um yeah those yeah.
1: four have been pretty much
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's well, with all the other ones and you did-
1: have a chance here too with sorry to cut you off jordan uh with cyborg like they have a new chance to have him be like the leader of the teen titans instead of him kick it off or like start his own like to find the young metahumans and get them going up or him and barry like a, a, just a, a new take on it
0: absolutely i feel
1: like we haven't seen that
0: exactly and i think that if they can handle it right if they can get the right guys in charge honestly they just need to go to the guys at dc comics and ask them to to help lead the charge um because once you get some of the scripting with that then you get the the movie guys to come in and say, okay, here's the idea we want to go with. And this is what we want to see movie wise. Cause I, what if we got like blackest night up there? Like that would be a sweet movie. Like I would be all over that. And so, all right guys. Well, it is the time that I hate the most. I have to say goodbye. Uh, so guys, thank you so much Jane for time. <laughs> <laughs> closing time. So, Guys, thank you so much. <laughs> I love when I get Micah to the point point he shakes his head at me. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for all of our listeners. Make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we will be celebrating our 25th episode. Make sure you follow uh, the Facebook page for that. We are going to be posting a few things uh, talking about what, what we're doing. I have the Lego Masters Mark and Boone uh, from season one they came in and joined me and so I've already got that filmed and so that will be coming out for our 25th episode guys again make sure to like and subscribe and we will catch you guys here next time on nerd talk